in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, good afternoon. Good afternoon. 25. We're getting close. Three and a half weeks or so until the big day, until the midterms. I'm feeling great. I am feeling great. We are about to take America back. Even the uh, Democrat eggheads on MSNBC and the fake news, they're getting very nervous. They are getting very, very nervous. The writing is on the wall. You can't, uh, well, you can't destroy America (laughs) without the people getting up and pushing back. And that's what's going to happen on uh, Tuesday. Was it November 8th? I think it's November 8th. And how about New York? This Lee Zeldin, oh boy, I I had a feeling he had it in him. It's a little bumpy there at times during the primary, but you know, uh, Kathy Hochul, you just can't you just can't uh, wave and shake hands and cut ribbons. Uh, we expect work out of a governor, and uh, we expect work out of a mayor. <laughs> oh boy, uh, we elected a we elected a middle schooler. We have a middle schooler who's mayor. Um, did you see what uh, what he did? I play this yesterday. I just think it's so interesting the way he just kind of giggles and laughs all the time uh he smelled a little bit of marijuana and he just thought it was the it was a formal press conference about guns you know what else does he talk about guns we well, washington's not doing their job when it comes to guns uh cut 34 please cut 34 he takes a time out from the guns to he notices something one thing for sure, one law that was passed is clearly being practiced right now because I smell some weed. Someone is smoking. <laughs> Someone is smoking. <laughs> All right. <laughs> smell that, like, smell like Marsha? <laughs> Beavis, do you smell that weed? <laughs> yeah. Someone's got some weed. We should get some. <laughs> yeah, and then we'll smoke it. <laughs> Beavis and Butthead, right? I mean, totally. He is such a little, a little man, so immature, and he did that in public at a press conference. I mean, my goodness gracious, pot is, we're smoking it, we're getting high, and we're going down the tubes, down the tubes. Two of our major adversaries, you get caught smoking in Red Square, you get caught smoking in Tiananmen Square. You're going away for a long time. May never see you again. I'm not saying I want that kind of uh, situation, but this is this is ludicrous. Um, speaking of those situations, totalitarian states like in China, uh, where they can monitor you whenever they want. Big tech is already doing that to us, and we're already doing it to each other. You know. Remember in the in the movies, what was that movie where he wore a wire? There are a bunch of them, but uh, what's the one that I like? Prince of the City with Treat Williams. What kind of name is Treat, by the way? Anyway, interesting guy. I like him as an actor. Politically, he's woke and this and that and the other thing. But uh, Treat Williams, what a movie. Prince of the City. It's got some flaws. They don't really explain why he flips, when he flips, how he flips, with the intensity that he flips, but he flips. And he starts wearing a wire. And remember that? Remember how, like... You know, it left a burn on his skin, and you had to tape the recorder, and you had to do all this stuff. Uh, now everybody has uh, the capability to go undercover whenever they want. 
And yeah, uh, some people got caught, I guess, in Los Angeles saying some arguably offensive things. Well, guess what? I'm not jumping on that bandwagon. It's the easiest, biggest, laziest bandwagon out there to jump on it and call somebody else a racist. Yeah, I went through it. Uh, What's her name anyway? Martinez. Happens to be Hispanic. I wonder if she's ever been subjected to uh, ethnic slurs. I bet she has, actually. Now, I listened to what she said, and I don't see it as a slur. I'm sorry. I don't. I know. Why would I even say this? I mean, I I don't want to catch any heat. Well, uh, I just don't jump on bandwagons, and I don't care that she's a Democrat. I don't care that I just feel like in America you're still able to say things in private, and they should be private. Every single person alive has said stuff that they would not want on the Internet or they would not want on television or on the newspapers. And that's the way we don't want a society where everybody is talking for public consumption. We don't. We just can't have it. There are certain words, certain thoughts that we will express in closed circles that we won't share with others. It's just the way it is. It's human nature. It's fine. It's okay. Racism is bad, but you know what? So is falsely accusing somebody of racism. And so is just the idea, well, you might have been uh you might have been ethnically insensitive, you might have said something wrong. What about what about apology? What about what about shame? I I don't know. I just so this Nuri Martinez, what did she say here? Uh can I hear what she said that was so bad, please? And quite frankly, I don't think it's that bad. She's a city was the city council president. She had to reti- she had to resign. <laughs> Joe Bi- Joe Biden said she had to resign because of racist comments. Joe Joe, you ain't black Biden. All right, here we go. Nuri Martinez. Uh, this is what this is the thing that that cost her her career. Cut thirty two. Why are they so close? All right. It's hard to hear anything that's going on there, but they have the little words at the bottom of the screen. So she's accusing a white member of the city council of apparently adopting a black child and using that black child as an accessory. An accessory, like a handbag, like, look at this, look at me, look at how cool I am. And, folks, uh, I'm sure this man loves his uh, baby very, very much, and that's great. But I've seen some pictures. The guy's getting sworn in for the city council. He's got his right hand up. Where's his left hand? It's supposed to be on the Bible, right? No, it's it's cradling a like a six-year-old boy who happens to be black. I guess that's the adopted child. I, I, it, it, it looks a little accessorized. Okay. I mean, I'm sorry, but let's be real here. In political circles, I know I've seen it a million times. You have too. Uh, politicians use their family members as props. Doesn't have to do anything with race sometimes. Just, you know, probably look at my, my beautiful wife and children, right? I mean, they always put them on the brochure. I think there's less of that because we really don't care what you got going on at home. It's what you stand for. But people do this. Bill de Blasio would not have become the mayor of New York City if it wasn't for Dante and that big, stupid haircut of his. Yes, I think it's stupid. I think all that hair, I think I think long hair on a, on a man is kind of silly. 
I think uh, I think Dante's haircut was a little bit much, or lack of a haircut, whatever. Bill de Blasio was like in last place. Remember that? Who was running for mayor back in 2013? You had, oh man, that's a long time ago. Anthony Weiner, I remember him. Oh, um, who's the city council uh, speaker? What's her name again? Anyway, her. Uh, you had like, gosh, it's such a long time ago. He was Quinn. Uh, oh my God. What's her first name again? Uh, Christine Quinn, Christine Quinn. She was Bloomberg's favorite choice. Who else? Who else was running? There were a bunch and he was at the back of the pack. I mean, he was way, way, way down. And all of a sudden everybody finds out he has a black child named Dante and it's got a, and that a commercial was a masterpiece, an absolute masterpiece. And it helped differentiate him. And that became like a, it's like politically, in political circles, as considered one of the best ads ever. All right, this woman said that basically this guy was doing something along those lines, maybe a little bit, who knows? Is that cancelable, having that thought and saying it out loud? No, of course not. But in this ridiculous, warped cancel culture, I guess you can't say, what, it, folks, and I, I, I'm getting messages from people, oh, well, she was a defunder of the police. I don't care. I don't. I mean, I'll challenge her on that issue, but I don't want to know what the hell she's talking about behind closed doors. I just I just don't. I don't think it's right. Um, and oh, by the way, that guy was kind of parading around that kid. Like, look at me, I'm special. It's Black Lives Matter. Can I come? I have a black child. Yep, I was getting that vibe from him. His name is Mike Bonin. And we've seen this before, uh, haven't we? Where's that movie? When is that movie? You guys got that clip from, um, you guys got that clip from the movie? Uh, Mommy Dearest, why did you adopt me? Maybe I did it for a little extra publicity. Cut 33, here we go. Why did you adopt me? Because I wanted a child. Because I wanted someone to love. Don't you act for me. I want to know. Why did you adopt me? Maybe I did it for a little extra publicity. Oh, did you hear that? What a moment of truth. That was uh, Faye Denaway playing Joan Crawford in Mommy Dearest. Maybe I did it for a little extra publicity. I mean, people have all kinds of motivations. People are people. Human beings are human. And uh, Nuri Martinez, it's amazing to me uh, that she is out of a job now because of stuff she said in private. Now, here's something else that she said. All right, this is also big I guess she said that little kid, that little five-year-old kid who was showed up at a Martin Luther King parade event and was on the float jumping around like a lunatic, misbehaving. I know firsthand that children can misbehave. Of course they can. And sometimes parents take control and correct the situation, and then there are those permissive parents that let the kids do whatever they want. Listen to Nuri Martinez. Again, this is a year-old conversation that she's having in private. With a bunch of other people who I all believe, by the way, I'm not sure if this is relevant or not, but they're all Latino. Cut 26, please. 
And then there's these this white guy with this little black kid who's misbehaved. Este niño has no, he's, they're not doing it. Yeah, no, they're not doing The kid is bouncing off the effing walls on the floor, practically tipping it over. There's nothing you can do to control him. Parece changuito. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm always here trying to parent this kid. I'm like, you can't do that. I said no. So <laughs> the kid's misbehaving, and I guess she said black kid. She said white parent, whatever. Now, what gets her in trouble? She says in Spanish, what's the what's the phrase? Pache Nortino or something like that, like a monkey. Now, <laughs> all right, so the moment you say a black individual is acting like a monkey, is that automatically? I don't, <laughs> being monkey-like, I have heard all kinds of people acting like monkeys, children acting like monkeys. In fact, my favorite show, if you don't know this, is The Simpsons. And who remembers, I think it was season one, Homer and Marge have a party, and they invite everybody over from the block. Dr. Hibbert is there. Uh, Flanders is there. Uh, Moe, the guys from the nuclear power plant are there. And Homer gets drunk. And he sees Bart, who's running around, creating a little bit of mischief, but not too much. And he wants to show off Bart. Okay, what does he say to his son? What does... And I believe, I can't really tell, I, I believe everybody in this, uh, in the Simpson family is technically Caucasian. Although they're, well, anyway, they don't, they're probably, whatever. Right, listen to this, cut 27. Bart, come over here. What? You little monkey. You're a little monkey, are you? Yes, sir. Bart, do that thing you do that's so cute. What? That thing you know how to do. What? Go to bed. <laughs> You're a little monkey, right? Didn't he say that? He said, you little monkey. It gets cute to be a monkey. You want to hear my daughter? This is my daughter, Annalise. She watches a lot of cartoons. This is about a month ago. I pull out my iPhone. She's jumping up and down. Listen to what she says. Cut 28. Jump. Jump. I jump I jump in the middle like a monkey. Like a monkey. That's right, like a monkey. Do it again. How about me? Do it again. Uh, like a monkey. I don't think she meant anything racist. I don't think Homer Simpson meant anything racist. And I actually don't think that Nuri Martinez meant anything racist as well. Imagine that. Imagine where you find your allies, huh? Uh, on this issue, everything else she's crazy. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. January 6th hearing, another one, another one right now, another one. Talk about desperation. Nobody cares. We know the whole story. We know it. We know it. You guys let the protesters in on purpose. You wanted to stop, not the counting of the electoral votes. You wanted to stop the objections, the objections. There was actually a serious and lawful effort to object. And uh, who is it? Zoe Lofgren, this broken down person. Let me hear what's going on for just for a moment. Election day, claiming that the counting on election uh, night must stop before millions of votes were counted was, as we now know, a key part of President Trump's uh, premeditated uh, plan. On election day, just after 5 p.m., 
Mr. Fitton indicated he'd spoken with the president about the statement. Sending along again, just talk to him about the draft below. Again, Who's Mr. Fitton? this uh, plan uh, to keep, um, uh, to declare victory was in place before any of the results had been determined. In the course of our uh, investigation, investigation. You've got some nerve to Brad call it an investigation. Oh, they're talking about Brad Parscale. I like this guy, actually. Very smart, data genius. Let me hear this. That he would say he won the election even if he lost. And just a few days before the election, Steve Bannon, a former Trump chief White House strategist and outside advisor to President Trump, spoke to a group of his associates from China and said this. And what Trump's going to do is just declare victory, right? He's going to declare victory. But that doesn't mean he's the winner. He's just going to say he's the winner. The Democrats, more of our people vote early that count. Theirs vote in May. And so they're going to have a natural disadvantage, and Trump's going to take advantage of it. That's our strategy. He's going to declare himself a winner. So when you wait, I don't believe it. Morning, Politicians making political moves. I just, I'm in total shock. I'm in total and complete shock. People declare victories in races all the time before all the votes are in. Sometimes they can. Remember, the, the, remember what was it, 2000? Uh, Bush called Gore saying, uh, I concede. And then he called him back saying, I don't concede. Remember that? It actually happened. Anyway, this is a big waste of time, and they're, they can talk themselves to their blue in the face. We are going to win in just a couple of weeks. All right, your calls when we come back, and uh, what else? Oh, Mitt Romney. We already knew he was a phony, but boy, oh boy, is he a snake. He is supporting a guy who endorsed Joe Biden in 2020, it looks like. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And there is a light drizzle in Midtown Manhattan. I love that. You don't hear that word drizzling as much as you used to, right? It's drizzling. Everybody says it's either raining or it's not raining. Anyway, it's drizzling right now. Joy in Brooklyn. Hello. Hi, good afternoon. So I just want to say that I disagree with you in the fact that you don't find the councilwoman's statements racist. And this is why. Every black American within the United States, if you speak to any black American, they will tell you that Hispanics have a tendency to be um, to make racist remarks about blacks and to be prejudiced against blacks, even though they have black Hispanics, because the Hispanic um, uh, is very uh, is a diverse culture. They come in white, all the way down to like very dark skin. All right, hold on a second. You just said though. You said wait, wait, wait. I just want to make sure I understand everything. You said that every African American in America that I talk to will tell me that Hispanics are racist toward black people. Yes. Wow. Well, that's quite. That's one hell of a statement. Joy, joy, joy. I don't. Want, I don't mean to parse words here, but I have to. You just said that every African American in America will tell you that every Hispanic person uses racist terms against them. That's obviously not true. I mean, there, there okay. is. I mean, that's obviously we're painting with too broad a brush. Wouldn't you agree? I okay. understand that there's tension between communities that often goes unremarked upon, but. We can't say everybody, everyone uses these, right? We can't because it's not true. Okay. You know. All right. So keep going, though. Hello. Hello. I can be reasonable, and I can say not everyone. I was painting with the broad brush. 
However, however, the term calling the child monkey, it is very racist. It has racist connotations in this history. You cannot ignore, even though it's an ugly history, that blacks were compared to animals and monkeys and even displayed um, in the Bronx Zoo, in zoos in the United States. It is derogatory. It is historically derogatory. It is founded in fact. She is a councilwoman who represents a population of blacks and Hispanics. All right, hold on one second. All right, I get it, I get it. I just, I just, do you think, but what about Homer Simpson? No, no, no. I don't, listen. No, I mean, I mean, no, 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 but Homer Simpson calls his son a monkey. And what is, it's because Homer, uh, Bart is uh, mischievous. He's mischievous and he's always getting into trouble and he's always swinging around the place. Just one more time. Homer Simpson to his son, Bart. In the first season of The Simpsons, cut 27. Bart, come over here. What? Monkey. You're a little monkey, are you? Yes, sir. You see, you see, it's a term of endearment. It's a term of endearment. And I don't know what you just said. Wait a second, wait a second. Hold on, hold on. They They had human beings on display at the Bronx Zoo? They had kept people in cages in the United States, black people in cages that you can look it up i'm, I'm sure i mean i mean look there are lots of weird things have happened i just have never heard that before uh it's, it's factual but this is also my concern this is to compare a cartoon to an elected representative who is paid by the people's taxes that is a totally different thing i don't care what happened in some homer simpsons i care about a woman who is getting paid by the public dole who represents hispanics black hispanics white hispanics and who represents black. All right, so if you if you make a comparison, if you make a comparison to any black person to a what well, I, I I don't know the phrase in Spanish. That's automatically cancelable. You go away forever. Even if it's a 5-year-old kid jumping around a uh, MLK float, misbehaving, and she calls him a a I guess a little manchito, what the hell is the word again? It was uh, by the way, I got to take their word for it. I don't speak Spanish, do you? I don't know what the hell it is. I, I'm sorry. I just don't. I think. I don't, and wait. Let me just ask you this. Let me just ask you this. Wait, 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 joy, joy, joy. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna let you make your point. Joy, 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 joy. One second. Let's face it. We've all said stuff we regret. Sometimes we say it publicly. Sometimes we say it privately. A lot privately. If I were to walk around with you for your entire life with a tape recorder, I know I could have found you saying some bad stuff. Me too. Me, everybody. I mean. I just don't think that's right. I don't, and I really think it's dangerous. And everybody, you can take anybody out, anybody, if we start playing this game. Uh, and I'm just looking. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. How about this? You want to hear racism, Joy? I think this is racism. That um, Saying that a black man must do a certain thing because he's black, right? Don't we? Where do we? Where do we have uh, Joe Biden on the? Uh, we play that, please. Joe Biden, you ain't black. You got it. Did you find it yet? Uh, da, da, da. Right, here we go. Cut twenty nine. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Now, telling a grown man, a grown accomplished man like Charlemagne. That he ain't black if he votes for Donald Trump. Meanwhile, Nuri Martinez. Can I hear that one more time? I got to hear this racism for myself. Cut 26. And then there's this white guy with this little black kid who's misbehaved. 
Este niño has no, he's, they're not bouncing. even, a, yeah, no, they're not doing, the kid is bouncing off the effing walls on the floor, practically <laughs> tipping it over. There's nothing you can do to control him. Parece changuito. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm always here trying to parent this kid. I'm like, you can't do that. I said no. All right. So what's worse? What's worse? What's worse? Seriously, Joy, what's worse? Okay. First of all, they are both bad, but I think that you diverge. She also said F somebody named Oxycon because he's with the blacks. There's more than just she called the kid a monkey. You're ignoring the fact that she also said F that guy, whoever she was referring to. Oh, I think she was referring to maybe the DA um, because he's with the blacks. Okay, so if this is how she feels and she represents people within her district who are black, she does not need to be there. You ever hear about, you know, you ever feel, these people... These people, Joy, Joy, just relax. We got time. We got time. You know when they close the doors? You ever hear of the smoke-filled room? I was shocked, quite frankly, when I uh, started as a reporter in New York City in 2001 that how it was all about race. Everything was about race. And they they segmented everybody into groups. And uh, who who was – and then, you know, Bill Thompson, right? he had a lot of black support, and he was going to get more. And then and, and, and de Blasio was making inroads with the black community because he had a black wife and a black son. And, uh, you know, who's, you court the Hispanic vote. You court the, the Latino vote. You know, you, this is how they talk. And sometimes this is how they even talk publicly. I, it is what it is. I don't like it. I think everybody, you know, human beings. But this is, this is, this is what it's like in politics. And they have data that show you maybe you've seen the reports that Hispanics are now starting to vote more and more Republican. That's a shift because you could group Hispanics. I mean, I don't in my daily life, but the political pros do. So I don't know. I, I think she said it in private. Uh, it was a year ago. And if we want to live in a society like this where we can take each other out, um, it's not going to be a good place to be. It's just not. It already is uh, getting on my nerves anyway. All right, Joy, you get the last word. Um, I understand your sentiment, but to ignore race completely, it's like we will be living in some utopia which does not exist. Everyone has a tendency to stick to a team. If I'm an Italian-American, I'm going to run on an Italian-American platform and look to my Italian-American people to support me first before I go outside of any group. If I'm Irish-American, I would do the same. For someone not to do the same is just like, it's just like you're living in la-la land. Like, who does not do that? Everyone seeks to, to search for the team they are a part I of. I guess that kind of puts her – that that then that puts his, her thing about, oh, well, screw Gascon. He's with the black people. I mean, I guess if you're going to cut – if you're going to if you're gonna kind of slice and dice like that, they're recognizing that he's not on our team. The way you just described no. it, Hispanics are not on the same team as black people. Look, I don't want to live in that world. I don't like it. I – and I, I just – everybody in the world has said something they regret. Everybody says unpleasant things behind closed doors and pleasant things and beautiful things and horrible things. And now we – by the way, we're already monitored, even if we're not. The damn phone. Big tech is listening to everything. We've imposed it on ourselves. Anyway, Joy, I always like it when you call. We'll have to agree to disagree on this one, okay? <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Joy. Okay, have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. You too. Uh, let's see. Ooh, uh, where's that guy? Who, uh, Hank, Hank from Long Island. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? 
the federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Yes, Hank. Uh, what happened? You got me? Yeah. Hello? How are you? No, it's Frank, not Hank. Ha- what? It's Frank, not Hank. Oh. All right. Anyway, what's up? Hey, listen, um, I'm a big fan of the ABC and uh, started off early in the morning. All right. What's the issue? What's wrong? The issue is basically what happened with your time not talking about Bernie. This morning, Sid got on you real heavy. And since I listened and I was listening to your program I was taken back, to be honest with you, that you didn't say really anything about Bernard McGurk at all. You say Sid was giving me a hard time. Look, Hank, uh, Hank, I'm sorry. Frank. He, uh, for, <laughs> You know, I, uh, I, I shared my thoughts and my condolences last week. Um, he was a great broadcaster. I did not know that, uh, you know, I'm sorry. And I've got to be honest with you, all right? I wasn't close to Bernie. I only met him once, all right? Two ships that pass in the night. And uh, I just, I am not equipped to talk about uh, Bernard McGurk for two hours. I'm sorry. And uh, Sid, Sid's got to say whatever he's got to say to get through his show. That's fine. I know he's kind of aggressive, and I know he takes the testosterone or whatever, and that can even make you more aggressive and whatever. If it works for him, it works. So, um, gosh, to, to, to be bashing people, you know, oh, wait a second. We, uh, uh, just go back if you want to go back and listen to, uh, Thursday and Friday. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'll have to leave it at that. Hank, thanks for calling. Francis from Long Island. Yeah, how you doing? Yes. Okay. I just wanted to uh, bring up at the, uh, Howard Cosell. Remember him? Sure. Okay. Do you remember his famous statement about the football, college football? Yeah, jumping up and down like a monkey, and everybody went crazy, no, and he, he said, got. Look at that. He said, "Look at that little monkey run." Right. Whatever. Um, uh, what that? Yeah. What about it? Uh, that sounds a little bit arguably more offensive than what the what the council lady said. Definitely more offensive than what the the council lady said. Do you think it was made as a compliment, or would you? You think that he would made it as I'd have to look uh, at it. When did that happen? 1979 or something like that? 1985? I don't know. But he was chastised. Yeah, he was chastised big time. Look, it's it's a high stakes, high wire act. You know what I mean? You're on live television. uh, You're watching things. People get emotional. Oh, my gosh. He said that. We got to fire him. You know what? We should have fired him. We should have... we should have imprisoned him. We should have taken all of his belongings. We should have removed his name from any school that honored him, take away all of his honorary degrees. His name never should have been uttered again. All right? He should have been just as shunned from – they should have been put him on some island somewhere. All right? That's it. That's it. That's it. I never met Howard Cosell. I never met Howard Cosell. I have no idea. Uh, he was the guy who wore the yellow jacket on TV, the wide world of sports guy, and uh, what else do I know about Howard Cosell? He went to law school. Uh, he went to NYU, and he was a guest star on The Odd Couple. 
That's all I know about Howard Cosell. I vaguely remember the monkey comment. I, I'm not going to get mad about it uh, 42 years later. Christine in Connecticut. Yes, Christine. Hi, Greg. Good afternoon, sir. Um, well, you know how I'm against gender ideology in school and, and the young kids getting hormone, the high school kids getting hormone replacement therapy. But I'm going to give you another side effect. You see, I've had a um, some uh, elevated white blood cells, so that's the onset of leukemia. I was uh, diagnosed the other day at the oncologist. Wait a second. You wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. You just came down with leukemia? Um, uh, the onset of it, yes, because uh, the oncologist is tracing it to my high estrogen level, sir. Uh-oh. Oh, my goodness gracious. So wait a second. Wait a second. So you th- the high estrogen, you have extra estrogen because you underwent the transgender procedure. So you're saying that that can cause leukemia or it did in your case? It is. I'm an outlier because I know I'm probably the only person. But the problem is another outlier could be that high school kid that is on this stuff already. And I know this for a fact because I had a couple parents reach out to me, some callers, some other shows, and how the state took their kids away and they put them in foster homes and they're medicated. I, I, I just hate this idea, sir. I don't want to see a kid not be able to celebrate their 21st birthday. Because they're in a hospital room, like a, on radiation treatment or something. I mean, enough of uh, playing Russian roulette with these long-term health of these kids, sir. Amen. <laughs> and we got to be careful about who we're listening to. Christine, you know so much about this, and you know a hell of a lot more than John Stewart, who did a uh, big special on his Apple TV show about some law in Arkansas designed to protect children from this crazy experimental surgery. More on that when I come back. Christine, uh, get well. Keep in touch. I know you're on Instagram following me. i got to follow you back. I'll look for that. And uh, I, I, this is bad news. But hang in there and uh, sending you prayers. Seriously. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, sir. All right. Uh, uh, sorry. Thank you, Christine. Uh, we'll be in touch, and I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Dun, 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 dun. Wow. Just a big bombshell. I mean, I, maybe I've been wrong about January 6th and the election of 2020 all along. Wow. Oh, boy, this is big. This is big. Let me just take it in for a moment. Okay, are you ready? So, uh, in December of 2020, Donald Trump's Secretary of Labor went to the president and said, I think Joe Biden won the election, and you should concede. Wow. 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 They're acting like this is a big deal right now. (laughs) They're acting like, oh, my. Now, who the hell is the Secretary of Labor? Get back to me on that one. I know who it was, but who cares? Most people don't, and that's fine. You're not supposed to know who the Secretary of Labor is. And who the hell cares what the Secretary of Labor thinks? The Secretary of Labor. Where does the Secretary of Labor work, anyway? Where does he or she labor Well, not at the White House. They have their own little department, the Department of Labor. I wonder if we really need one of those anyway. And they're laboring away, toiling away, and they're surrounded by what? Deep state 
bureaucrats, the swamp. What does the Secretary of Labor do when he or she goes home? Probably watches the news. And unless they're in 2020 going out of their way to find Newsmax, they're probably listening to the same mainstream media crap. That is all pro-Biden, all pro-Fauci, all the election was totally free and fair. It wasn't. They changed the rules mid-game, which you're not allowed to do. And they broke the law. They absolutely, positively broke the law. Why don't you look that up, Eugene Scalia? Eugene Scalia, that's the Secretary of Labor. And tell me in the Constitution where the hell it says anything about the Secretary of Labor and what his opinion might be about any subject. Eugene. Thanks for checking in, Eugene. You can go back to the Department of Labor. And there's more of this nonsense. Oh, there's 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 Fatso Bill Barr. Turn it up. I'm talking about some of the ones like, you know, more votes, more absentee votes were cast in Pennsylvania than there were absentee ballots requests. You know, stuff like that it was just easy to blow up. There was never there was never an indication of interest in what the actual facts were. (laughs) Well, here's a fact for you, Bill Barr. You put down the scotch long enough, maybe left the swamp for a little bit. Remember the comments that you made to Wolf Blitzer? That America was playing with fire and changing the rules mid-game? As a matter of logic, you said could lead to fraud and abuse. So it doesn't matter how many ballots, quite frankly, in Pennsylvania. The thing that you should be curious about, even though it's not a federal matter, but it is a matter of law, is how they violated the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania's own Constitution, which lists two ways to vote, in person or absentee with excuse. And they threw that out. They said you can vote here, there, and anywhere. No excuse, excuse, it doesn't matter. We'll send you the ballot. You can come in. You can stay where you are. It doesn't matter. Vote any way you want. Well, that's against the law. You can change it, but they didn't. Because you had to change the Constitution of Pennsylvania. States have their own constitutions, and they didn't do it. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Anyway, it doesn't matter. And I think they've even gotten the message, the January 6th committee. Notice it's on at 1 o'clock in the afternoon on a rainy Thursday, okay? Remember that primetime stunt? It didn't work. The people are wise to you. And I can't wait. I can't wait for the midterms. It will be glorious. Bye-bye, Kathy Hochul. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, Tonight... Tonight, 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 planning out the Newsmax show. The January 6th hearings are over. The last one is happening right now. Uh, every swamp figure who hates Trump, we're hearing from all of them, it seems like. Um, and it doesn't matter what they say. It really doesn't. It's just opinion, speculation, conjecture. You know, people like Cassidy Hutchinson, 
Remember that whole thing? I think Adam Kinzinger, by the way, has a real, has the hots for, uh, some of these women who are testifying. The cop with the blonde hair, Cassidy, Sarah Matthews, uh, Adam Kinzinger is like, I, these women, these women are so brave and they're 28. Like, as if a 28 year old girl can't lie. As if a 28 year old girl won't perform for a little bit of attention. A 28 year old man would. I'm sure a 28 year old woman would. It's, People are people. Ah, here's Mike Pence. Hold on a second. Mike Pence. President Pence has said about this scheme. President Trump said I had the right to overturn the election. But President Trump is wrong. I had no right to overturn the election. The presidency belongs to the American people and the American people alone. And frankly, there is no idea more on American than the notion that any one person could choose the American president. All right, you nitwit. You got it all wrong. Mike Pence, he's, he will not lead. He will make sure that everybody agrees with him first, and then he will say something. So, Mike Pence, let's look at your constitutional duties, right? You're the guy who counts the electoral votes. They're submitted to you. Now, what if you find out and there is a provision in the law where this stuff can be debated and objected and delayed. Oh, yes. If a senator, along with a House member, get up and they have a complaint and it's in writing, you got to stop counting and you got to talk about it. You got to look at the evidence. So the elections are run at the state level. By state, I mean New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and so on and so on and so on. Okay? They run the elections. You vote for an elector. You're actually not – your vote isn't directly for – you're voting for an elector. And then it goes to the, the – the, they figure it out. You're basically voting for your assemblymen to vote in a certain way, and they do. And then at the state capitol, they get together and they count the votes. Now, what if there's a problem with that? What if something bad happens along the way? For instance, let's just hypothetically, what if a madman – Let's say it's a couple of years ago, and uh, Elwick Adams is still in the state Senate. And he grabs a gun, and he says, I want you all to vote for Joe Biden or else. And all of the, right? What if that happened? And the votes get submitted for Joe Biden. They go down to the Capitol. And people bring that to your attention, Vice President Pence. What are you going to do? What would you do? You're just going to count that vote? Of course not. Because you know it was submitted, it was tallied under duress. You can't. Somebody broke the law. Well, that's what we're alleging. It's the same thing. Good people are alleging they got real concerns. Then you, you have state elected leaders saying the same thing. We got a problem in Pennsylvania. We got a problem in Michigan. We got a problem in Wisconsin. We got big problems in Georgia. We got problems in Nevada. We got problems in Arizona. But Pence being Pence, the most unimaginative, cautious wimp I've ever seen, who just wants to be loved by the swamp, gets to sound all noble. Well, it's not noble. You're just going along with the crowd. Going along with the crowd. The mainstream media swamp-loving crowd. 
You blew it. You blew it. You did. And we'll hold that against you forever. Forever. You'll never be president. Forget it. It's done. He's still making noise about doing. No, never, ever, ever, ever. Doesn't matter. Under the Electoral Count Act of 1887, we believe that you had more discretion and that you could have sent these things back to Harrisburg, back to Phoenix, back to Atlanta, back to Madison, back to all the state capitals, at least to the states in question, five or six, and say, straighten this out because I'm hearing some bad things about what went down. That's not one person overturning an election. That's the vice president doing his job. Now, I grant you, that's a, you, could, you could have a debate about that. The Electoral Count Act of 1887 is very complex, and it's all over the place. And I'm not a lawyer, and I looked at it. It's very confusing. That's how Professor John Eastman read it. And that's okay. That's okay. All right. Hey, this other thing I got to get to. Arkansas. Have you ever been to Arkansas? I drove through it once, and I stopped in Hot Springs. And I looked at Bill Clinton's home, where he grew up, which is right next to a saloon, by the way, but it's a great big house on a hill. And in Arkansas, they passed a uh, a law, and let's see here, it is an, it's to save adolescents from experimentation, and I think it's a great law. Listen to this. The General Assembly finds that Arkansas has a compelling government interest in protecting the health and safety of its citizens, especially vulnerable children. Only a small percentage of the American population experiences distress at identifying their biological sex. According to the American Psychiatric Association for Natal Adult Males, uh, it's very, very low. I read some of this just the other day. Let me skip down. Prescribing The prescribing of puberty-blocking drugs is being done despite the lack of any long-term longitudinal studies. I didn't get that word right. Evaluating the risks and benefits of using these drugs for the treatment of such distress or gender transition. Um, there are all kinds of things when you take puberty blockers. Let's see here. And cross-sex hormones. Erythrocytosis, which is an increasing in red blood cells for females. It can cause puberty blockers severe liver dysfunction. It can cause coronary artery disease, including heart attacks. Cerebrovascular disease, including strokes, hypertension, increased risk of breast and uterine cancers, and irreversible infertility. And for biological males, puberty blockers can cause thromboembolic disease, including blood clots, cholelithiasis, including gallstones, coronary artery disease, including heart attacks, macroprolactinoma, no, macroprolactinoma, which is tumor of the pituitary gland, cerebrovascular disease, including strokes, and on and on and on and on and on. Um, We don't want kids to undergo this stuff. But John Stewart says, fire away. John Stewart is back. John Stewart, I liked him a lot when he was on The Daily Show back in the day. I mean, I'm talking 20 years ago. He was kind of a voice for reason, and he was very, very funny. Uh, but now he's occupying, I guess, the space that a lot of older white men think 
it's the only safe space to occupy. The far left. Um, the very far left. Uh, listen to this. He goes down to Arkansas and he tries to embarrass the attorney general. And the deck is stacked against her. She has a southern accent, which they just chuckle at right off the bat. And um, the interview is not meant to illuminate. It's meant to, you know, embarrass. Ridicule seems to be the theme. And listen to the fake laughs that they pump in. Cut 37. Why would the state of Arkansas step in to override parents, physicians, psychiatrists, endocrinologists who have developed guidelines? Why would you override those guidelines? Well, I think it's important that all of those physicians, all of those experts, for every single one of them, there's an expert that says we don't need to allow children to be able to take those medications, that there are many instances where... But you know that's not true. You you know it's not for everyone. There's one. There's... These are the established... Well, I don't know that that that's not true. I don't know that... Then why would you... Why would you pass a law then if you don't... If you don't know that that's true, wouldn't you... Well, I know that there are doctors and that we had plenty of people come and testify before our legislature Mm -hmm. who said that, uh, you know, we have 98% of the young people who have gender dysphoria... Uh, that they are able to move past that. And once they have the, the help that they need, no longer suffer from gender dysphoria. 98% wow. without uh, that medical treatment. That's, that, an, that's an so, incredibly made-up figure. That's, that doesn't comport with any of the studies or documentation that exists from these medical organizations. Medical organizations. The one that he's really excited about is the American Medical Association, AMA, which is a lobbying group for uh, for doctors. And guess what? They get it wrong all the time. You know who gets really mad at the AMA? Members of the AMA. They're always firing off petitions, letters, boycotting, threatening to resign, resigning, canceling subscriptions. It happens all the time because the AMA does not prescribe medicine all right, that's your doctor's job. It's not a, the a duty of a, of a of a lobbying group. It's not, and they make mistakes. But this is the world we live in, or they live in. That if it comes from the World Health Organization, what could be wrong? It sounds so beautiful. The World Health Organization, of course. The American Medical Association, of course. It just sounds so righteous, so holistic. Well, I think people are better than these groups. And this is exactly what you want the state to do, to protect children. You know, parents don't always have the answer. Parents, they're signing up for they're signing their kids up for some of this stuff because they want the status. They want to be elevated. And being on that LGBTQ spectrum, man, that's a ticket to uh that's a ticket to job security for one. It it really is. You're almost untouchable. Try firing an LGBTQ, especially the T. Uh, Next, please, cut 38. Parents with children who have gender dysphoria have lost children to suicide and And depression. They absolutely Because it's acute. And so these mainstream medical organizations have developed guidelines through peer-reviewed data and studies And through those guidelines, they've improved mental health outcomes. So I'm confused why you follow 
AMA guidelines and AAAP guidelines for all other health issues than Arkansas, because we checked, but not for this. It's simply saying, let those young people who are facing gender confusion and dysphoria, allow them to become adults and to make that decision. Allow a child to be a child. So here's where we have our, our crossroads. You've made the determination that protecting these children means not giving them access to the guidelines and care that have been designed by medical and mental health professionals for children expressing gender dysphoria. And I'm asking you again, what are your qualifications to step in and say, no, keeping you from that care is protecting you. You've made that determination. Well, these are irreversible decisions that these children at these young ages are making or that their They're parents are making. They're not making the decision. You're making it sound like a nine-year-old walks into a doctor's office and says, give me some testosterone. And the doctor goes, oh, thank God, because we're wanting to create an army of transgenders because we're crazy. That actually has some merit, that last thing that John Stewart says. Because there are some crazy people in America, some malevolent, evil people, and some of them even have medical degrees. And some of them are perverts. Absolutely. And one of them happens to be Eric Adams. Eric Adams himself, who thinks it's perfectly all right to have transgender uh, individuals and cross-dressers come into the schools to read books to kids. It's, it is, that is insane. That is crazy. Hey, we have teachers for that. I don't, I'm not even qualified to go in there and read books to the kids. Let the teachers do it. And it has nothing to do with this crazy stuff. What's happening is crazy, John Stewart. God bless the Attorney General of Arkansas and all the people down there who made this safe act happen. I'll be back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, oh, by the way, oh, by the way, two police officers shot and killed in Connecticut after, I didn't know this part of it, a false alarm emergency call, and the third officer was seriously wounded. From the Times, two police officers were shot and killed on Wednesday night and another was seriously injured while responding to what appeared to be a fake emergency call in Bristol, Connecticut. A man suspected of opening fire was also killed at the scene. The Connecticut State Police identified the slain officers as Sergeant Dustin DeMonte, 35 years old, and Alex Hamsey, 34, both members of the Bristol Police Department. A third officer, Alec Urato, 26, suffered a severe gunshot wound. Chief Brian Gould of the police department, Bristol, said at the news conference, Mr. Urato was hired as an officer in 2018, was taken to surgery at St. Francis Hospital in Hartford. Local news reports said that he was released around 11 this morning. Good news. Uh, words cannot express the sadness and grief that brings me before you this morning, the chief said, calling the shooting an act of senseless violence. The officers were called to a house in Bristol, a town in Central Connecticut, about 80 miles northeast of New York, at 10.29 p.m. on Wednesday after receiving a call about a possible domestic incident between two siblings. The state police also said that the early stages of their investigation suggested the 911 call was a deliberate act to lure police officers to the home. When the police arrived, the suspect, Nicholas 
Brucher was standing outside the home in Redstone and immediately began firing. My God. Mr. Hamsey was shot dead at the scene, while Sergeant DeMonte was taken to the hospital and pronounced dead. A domestic call. A fake domestic call. That's a horrible scene, huh? Why do you, would you call the police to two siblings, brothers and sisters, two brothers, whatever, having a fight, and you got to call the police? That's got to be... That's got to be really intense. They were coming to save lives, but it was a trap. And as soon as they showed up, this guy opens fire. Where do you think he would have gotten an idea like that? You think he caught any television over the past two years? You think he heard of uh, George Floyd and Black Lives Matter? You're damn right he did. You're damn right he did. All right. Peter in New Jersey, what's up? Peter. Hello, Craig. How are you? I only got a couple of seconds. Speak. Okay. Uh, let's talk about uh, Lee Zeldin and how he's going to lose the election. Wrong, Peter. Uh, Keep your negative attitude in New Jersey. He's going to win. He's going to win. He's going to win. He's going to win. Hey, I live here. All right? I ain't going to let that happen. I'm going to get out and vote. I'm telling all my friends to get out and vote. I'm telling all my friends to call 100 friends and get them the hell out to vote. Our lives depend on it. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Damn, I'm sorry I had to hang up on Peter, but I don't need that negativity with uh, almost a month ago before the election. I don't want to I don't want to hear any analysis on uh, I want Zeldin can win this thing. Queen Kathy, everybody's kind of wise to her now, right? She thinks she's uh, she thinks she's a queen. She even acts like one. Even looks with the big hair and all that stuff and waving, just going around waving, doing all the fun stuff as governor, not doing anything. And what is she doing? Yelling her head off about abortion. Cut 12. We'll fight. We'll fight like hell to make sure that no one ever touches these rights right here and will be that beacon of hope, will be that safe harbor for women all across this nation. Yeah. Uh, fight like hell. Fight like, you know, it's one thing to be pro-choice, but I think she's pro-abortion. That's what that's where the Democrats got a little bit carried away. You know, there's pro-choice and pro-life. But now they're the party of abortion, pro-abortion, all the way up until the end. By the way, given the makeup, legislative makeup of New York State, it's not even, it's not vulnerable. All right. You'll be able to get the abortions. Don't worry, Kathy. They'll be still killing hundreds of thousands of babies in New York City. You like that? I guess you do. You know, I saw her at the debate. She talks about how, uh, how important her faith is to her. And I know that there are people who believe and, uh, and, are pro-choice, but pro-abortion? Pro-abortion. She's going to fight like hell so you can get pregnant, and then we can poison and chop up and dismember the baby? I don't know. I don't know what kind of believer you are, actually. And I don't like to, but I guess I just did. She's a bad person. She really must lose. Bad, stupid, and corrupt.
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Look at that. Look at that phony sham COVID test contract. Somebody throws her a party. They got a multi-million dollar contract for COVID testing. Her husband gets some job. And the firm, the firm actually gets a stadium. What's it with the obsession with these new stadiums, by the way? I still can't stand it that we tore down Shea and we tore down the original Yankee Stadium. Why did they do that? They were perfectly fine. And they're only used, what, 80 days out of the year? If you look at it, it's about 80, 85 days out of the year those things are used. And they just sit there. I used to love going to Yankee Stadium and looking at home plate and thinking, wow, that's where Babe Ruth stood. Lou Gehrig, Chris Chambliss, and the rest. Now, it's like a little, it's in some parking lot somewhere. Same for Shea Stadium. Not as much, but wow. That's where in 1969, they won the World Series. My, wow, right there, right there. I can't stand, I mean, I know, you gotta, you gotta embrace the new, but, um, I don't know. All right, real quick, uh, Ellie's in Mineola. Hey, Greg, how's it going? Um, I recently pre-ordered your, your new book. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I can't wait to read it. Um, but I'll tell you the truth, all the books that I've recently bought are all signed by the authors. Are you going to have any book signings? You bet. You better believe it. On Long Island, right? I don't have to hike. Long Island, Fire Island, uh, you name it, I'll be there. I'm going to be on all the islands, and I'm going to be on the mainland, and I'm going to be everywhere signing books and selling books. So I want this book to do well. I think the message is really, really important, and I believe in it, and I think it's – I'm proud of the book. I'm proud of the book. And – so thank you so much for doing that, Ellie, and keep in touch. One way or the other, I'm getting you a signed copy, all right? And thank you for buying it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, not a problem. I'll I'll, I'll take another one. I'll, like I said, I, I pre-ordered one. I'll take a couple of copies of Greg Kelly's signed books. All right. You know, it's so cool of you to buy one. You know, I got I got friends and relatives saying, when do I get my book? And I'm like, <laughs> could you buy one, please? I, I, I It's very awkward for me to say, please buy one. But I don't think they recognize that I'm trying to sell books, and uh, it would you, you start, you know, you start close to home. I, you gotta, I gotta get on that uh, that list. I, that's a that's a big competition. You gotta get on those lists. All right, Ellie, thank you so. Hey, where in Mineola are you? Mineola, where? We're in we're in Mineola. Yeah. Uh not too far from uh, Glen Cove Road, around there. That's that's the odd section. Yeah. Strange uh, little section like near Old Westbury and East Wilson down that way. Is Willis Hobby still open? Yes, it is. Oh, good, good. I owed them a visit. I love it. I love it. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Oh, it's fun. You you could spend a fortune in there. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. Thank you very much. Uh, One more. Let's go to Keith. And where are you, Keith? New Jersey. I'm from uh, Flanders, New Jersey. Okay. What's up? So, uh, I just want to talk to you about uh, puberty blockers and uh, who should be taking puberty blockers if they can. Who? Uh, that would be Sid. I mean, if he's taking testosterone, he's got too much, and he's being a monkey on your back. Maybe he should uh, take those puberty blockers. No, come on, be nice to Sid. I, we don't. I just. I look. He tells me. I've heard. He, he told me himself that he takes steroids. I don't know about those steroids. I don't think that's good. <laughs> but whatever he's got to do, he's got to do. I I can take it. It's fine. If he's making fun of me, that's I okay. Mean, I, I told 
totally understand him being upset about you know Bernie Bernie passing away, and you know everyone is sorry about that. But I mean, if you don't know the man, but you still respect him, not saying anything about him doesn't hurt anybody. Well, I, mean, I, I did. I talked like, about him last week, and I'm sorry if he wants to nitpick my show. I uh, well, he can have at it. I, I hey, I could use another pair of ears listening to the show. That's why the ratings are very good. I uh, I should at some point try to listen to his show, Keith. Thank you. Anything else? No, that's it, man. All right. You keep doing. You keep talking. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, ooh, during a New York City visit, uh, Nancy Pelosi had some words about the border. Cut thirteen. Again, as I said at the end of my earlier remarks, what we must do in our country is to have comprehensive immigration reform. We all know that we must secure our border. That's our responsibility as a country. Why do they lie so easily? Why does it come so easily to them? And why do they talk in uh, just even when they're, you know, comprehensive, comprehensive immigration reform is a way for them to ignore their responsibility of securing the border? Oh, we need all of these things before we can secure the border. It seems to me securing the border is pretty cut and dried. It also seems to me that Nancy... Uh, wants these illegals coming in. She wants them. Her husband wants them. They want the votes, and they want the cheap labor. And they also want to keep George Soros and the other billionaires who uh, uh, make the world go around happy. Absolutely. If I were a billionaire, I'll get back to you on that. It's kind of a neat... Hey, did you hear that ACT scores are down, like, radically? Like the 30-year low... Two years of having kids uh, stay inside and wear masks. Guess what? That was not good for their brains. It was not good for their brains. And I don't think this gender stuff is good for their brains either. We have seen a 582% schools reporting that students identify as gender nonconforming. 582%. You, that is artificial. That is man-made. That is the culture. That is Netflix. That is all this crap that has glorified that. You don't have to work. You don't have to get good at anything. You don't have to study. You don't have to sweat. You just have to identify as non-binary, transitioning, transgender, and then everything is easy. It's not. That's the real wake-up call that they'll get someday. But in the meantime, you can get by on this stuff. You really can for a long time. Larry in Woodside, yes. Uh, yeah, I spoke to you once before, uh, Greg, about the use of shields on these domestic cases. Had the officer in Connecticut advanced with a full-body shield and called for the people inside to come out, he would be alive today. You were very dismissive. The, you weren't buying the last time. Maybe you could reconsider. Well, I don't buy it this time either, Larry. Uh, what's up with well, you in the sh- What's up with you in the shields? Shield. Wait a second. Wait a second. It's it, it's a routine. It seems like it's a routine domestic call. Siblings are fighting in the house. Granted, it was a fake call. All right, you got a brother and sister or two brothers in the house fighting. You're telling me that they got to respond in full tactical gear. With shields up, shields in front of them, and approach the house slowly. Larry, it doesn't work that way, and it's never going to work that way. Speak to your father about it. Larry, 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 you're just going to approach a regular. 
what do you know about this stuff? Were you a cop? No, common uh, of course you weren't. I, I understand that. And uh, right, it, we could also bubble wrap babies. All right, there'll be less injury. All right, we could all stay inside, and there'll be no risk. Risk oh, is no, part of that job, Larry. The risk is part of the job, Larry. Unfortunately, and this was a horrible, horrible tragedy. I do believe yeah, well, it was brought on by Black Lives Matter and all these idiots in the mainstream media that glorified that stuff, and they all overreacted to the death of George Floyd. But do you think that having full shields, bulletproof shields, approaching a house, that that's how yeah. cops are going to start? Okay, Larry, thank you. I don't agree, and it's totally impractical, and it ain't going to work. Do you work for the shield company? I mean, you and this shield. I mean, they're already, you ever, you ever see cops? They're already wearing bulletproof vests, hats, bats, all that stuff. And you want them in, describe this, uh, describe this utensil. What does it look like? Well, like what the Japanese used in uh, Japanese one in 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 combat, they have full length shields. You mean like back in the uh, back in the Shogun well, no, days? Back when there's riots in Japan. Yeah, riots. You don't show up with riot gear to a domestic call. It's just not, Larry. It doesn't work that way, and it shouldn't work that way. Thank you, Larry. I got good. I'm good now. I'm good. I'm good. Barbara in Huntington. What's up, Barbara? Hello. Hi, Greg. Yes, I'm listening to the show, and so many of the things that you say. Uh, you were talking yesterday about defining what it means to be woke, and then today you're talking about the January 6th farcical uh, hearings, and then the transgender interview and information, and these all have one thing in common. There is no truth in any of them, and it's easy for us to see with our own eyes, which we're told not to believe, not to believe that people were ushered into the Capitol on January 6th. Not to believe that Ashley Babbitt was a small woman. She was of no threat to anyone, and yet her life was taken. Not to believe that um, a comment someone makes about a child acting like a monkey. I call my kids little monkeys all the time. We're told not to believe the truth we see with our eyes. And we have much to answer for, for our laziness in being the way we are, the great French aristocratic political analyst Alexis de Tocqueville came to our country and he looked in the 1800s, he says he looked for the greatness of our country he looked in our harbors he looked in our universities he looked in our centers of commerce and he didn't find America's greatness there, he found it in the pulpits, the pulpits of America were ringing with righteousness and moral truths. And he said, as long as America is good, she will be great. When she is no longer good, she will cease to be great. Oh, wow. Barbara, man, oh, man, oh, man. You know, I know you got into this uh, later in life. You said about 10 years ago, the books and the yes. philosophy. Freedom and, yes. Do you ever think what would have happened if you... Uh, if you pursued this earlier in your life, you'd be a university president by now. You could be the chairwoman of the National Endowment of the Humanities. I mean, seriously. <laughs> that, that's very interesting. I was only a CPA and a college professor. I never made those other things. Oh, wait a second. But, you were a college professor. Okay, well, all right. Well, all right. Yeah, then you should be quoting stuff like this. All right. Now, I okay. I'm a little bit relieved, to be honest. Yeah, still. But that's, you know, you're in a, where are you a professor? Um, at a community college on Long Island. Nassau? 
You'd prefer no. not to say. No. All right, we yeah, can leave that out. I, we can leave that out. We can leave that out. All right. Do me a favor. Say, what's what's that book? Give me look. Lots of people. Every time you call and you you lay some truth bomb on me, with, backed up by some amazing philosopher, and I'm always blown away. What? Give me a book that we should read. Give us a book that we should read. You know, one for beginners. One that's not too crazy hard and esoteric and you know all oh, fancy. Okay, I've got that. I've got that. There's a couple of them. One is the Five Thousand Year Leap, and I believe the author is Skousen. S K O U S. This does not sound easy to me. This does not sound easy. I t- it is. It is. All right, the Five Thousand what? The Five Thousand Year Leap. Okay. In other words, civilization from the beginning of time was going almost nowhere until what happened? America happened. And so you will enjoy reading that. And there's another very good book by David Barton that every Christian, every Catholic, every American of faith should read. And it's called Separation of Church and State. And it might be 30 pages long, but it dispels the myth and the lie that separation of church and state was said by Thomas Jefferson to keep churches out of the state. It's the exact opposite. Separation of church and state was his intense approval of the First Amendment, which protected the practice of your beliefs and of your beliefs. And it also protects people who don't want to believe yeah. in religion so that there can be no state religion. Right, right. This is uh, a lot of people overinterpreted that letter he wrote, right, to a bunch of uh, pastors up in Connecticut or something like that. They did it. He wrote it to the Hebrew congregation, yes. And it was deliberately misinterpreted by the Supreme Court yeah. when they started quoting separation of church and state without giving the context wow. of his explanation of separation of church mm-hmm. and state. Well, Barbara, you so can. That's, that's a wonderful book. You continue to amaze me, the 5,000 year leap. And I think I'll be ch- starting with the uh, separation of uh, church and state by Mr. Barton because it's only 30 pages. And uh, I, I, I'll start there. Barbara, thank you. Thank you. And I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Man, so much money is being spent on these congressional races, and they're getting really, really intense and nasty. Uh, I don't remember it like this. Uh, I mean, I they were always paying for research, you know, against the other – what do they call it? Opposition research? You know, you hire a bunch of investigators to uh, dig up dirt about the guy you're running against. I've heard about it at the senatorial level, certainly at the presidential level, but the congressional level. Anyway, you know who Lauren Boebert is, the Republican from Colorado. She's amazing. I like her a lot. I've met her a few times, been on my show. So some guy running against her, um, somebody blackmailed him, allegedly. Let's see, Breitbart News. Business owner admits to blackmailing Aspen Democrat Candidate Adam Frisch with surveillance footage and alleged storage unit affair. All right. So back when this guy, Adam Frisch, was on the city council, he was voting a certain way that this businessman did not like. The businessman knew that Frisch was having an affair with the woman in a storage unit. They'd hook up in the storage unit? Anyway, this guy has it on tape, and he said, if you don't vote the way I want you to vote, on this local issue, I'm going to release the tape. Well, according to him, Adam Frisch complied. And now he's going forward. He's telling everybody about about this uh, 
about this tape and what happened, and he's trying to obviously help Lauren Boebert. Uh, and Lauren Boebert, let's see, the guy running against her was just endorsed by her former primary opponent. She beat him by 30 points. It's a Republican. Uh, crazy stuff, crazy stuff. I did once, you know, before you get married, and I talked to somebody who said, you know, you should never have an affair. And I'm like, I'm not thinking about having one. Why do you bring that up? And he goes, well, just in my experience, uh, they always regret it. You always regret it. You always wish you could take it back. Very interesting. Very. And another thing I heard, uh, this is kind of dark, but uh, when you start fooling around, the spouse can smell it. They can smell it. I found that very interesting. All right. I got to go across the street. I got to um, get ready for the Newsmax show. And with that, ooh, Sandra's on the line. I want to say hello and goodbye. I'm sorry. Hi, Sandra. Don't have much time. Oh, hi. I had so much to say. All right. Well, um, yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you why we don't talk about the hurricane anymore and, and how the left wants to go electric. And could you imagine if we dealt with the hurricane now going electric? How would we get the trucks to go, the machines to go? I mean, it's, it's like they're not thinking a yard. They're thinking an inch. And um, then the lithium, I heard that it's only going to last for about 20 years. And what's going to happen after that? And oh. then, Greg, could you imagine if we had what, if we had a blizzard like we had about five years ago, remember, and all the cars were stuck? Could you imagine if we were electric and our cars all got stuck, stuck on the road? It's not ready Maybe, yet. Uh, not ready yet. Hey, you say they're not talking about Ian. They are talking about Ian. In fact, on the op-ed page of the New York Times right now, there's a big piece blaming good. Governor Ron DeSantis <laughs> for the hurricane, for the hurricane. Because he's not uh, a big champion of global warming. He's not, that's not his main issue. He just became governor in what, like two years ago? Max? Three? Anyway, very silly. All right, folks, see you tonight. Newsmax at 10 o'clock. All the best. Bye bye. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.